So good afternoon. My name is Monica Meyer. Today is my first attempt at, um, at my podcast series. I'm going to be talking today about being a parent of an adult son with autism, but it really comes down to uh, resilience. Um, I have lived a life of persistence, and what I really want to share with folks is that it has to do with more resilience. And what do I mean by that? Is through the, my life, I have I've been a very strong-minded individual and have really um, you know, touted my uh, experience as being a strong-minded person and have um, really made a path and made myself known as being somebody who has strong opinions, who likes to um, advocate on the behalf of other people and being, you know, having a son with a disability has been really the impetus for my work. And what I can tell you is that the persistence piece, although it is something that helps you motivate, it is not a long lasting skill. Resilience is. And what resilience does is gives you the opportunity to look differently at your life, to be able to say, what helps me be resilient? And people talk about self-care. People talk about all the things that helps us um, be resilient. And one of the other things that is really important for resilience is being able to reach out to other people to ask for help. It was interesting. I did a training not too long ago. Um, actually, uh, it wasn't a training. It was a meeting. It was a Zoom meeting, and I'm providing technical assistance to an agency that provides supported employment for a group of, uh, of people to look for community employment. And as I'm talking with them, I just stopped. And I said, how many of you sitting here in this room right now um, find it easy to ask for help? And there was this incredible long pause and it was finally I said how many of you would rather just do it yourself and everybody's hand shot up and I can tell you that most of the people sitting in that room were women with the exception of one man and I think part of this is you know there is a a, a gene link to you know moms just do it you have to do it and there is this, you know, a drive, there's this persistence, I'm going to get this done, I have to get it done, who else is going to do this? And so life goes on, and you have this, this, you know, this almost becomes your mantra, I'm going to get it done. And I've heard this, I've even uttered the same words, I'm going to do this until I die. Um, <clears throat> I can tell you those aren't being... Um, being now in my early 60s, I want to say very early 60s, that the that the, the occasion or the um, that I'm not going to be here on the, my mortality is really starting to rear its ugly head in a lot of ways that I think of, oh my gosh, that's not very long until I die. So are there other things I can do in the meantime? And I would say, yes, there are. And that's what I would like to share with you is um, persistence as your short game, resilience as your long game, as your marathon. 
And it's those all the steps that you're taking in between that are going to help you become resilient. You're not going to step out the door and start a marathon um, and start running 26 miles until it kills you. What you're going to do is make a plan. What is my plan? What am I going to do to get me to the first step? Well, first off, you know, I might need to have a plan book. I need to write down the things that are most important for me. Um, and then we work backwards. What is it that I can get done in the next 10 years? Five, three, one. What am I going to do this month, this week, and today? Those have been really um, tools that have been, are something that are invaluable that I constantly review. It's not to say that these are, um, these are steps that are set in stone. These are certainly things that I want to be reminded of that that's what I'm working towards. It doesn't mean that I can't change the the direction or the trajectory of a goal. It's that I have, I have the responsibilities to be able to change that as things go on. So that I want to share with you. And then the next part is really sharing with you um, as being a, uh, a mom in her early 60s. And again, that the resilience piece of it, because looking back over my son's life, um, and even prior to that, um, being a child myself, I mean, I was uh, um, raised in the baby boomer era. I had a mom who, uh, for the most part, she worked at home. And then later, um, as kids got older, um, because I come from a family of six kids, that she went to work. And mom took care of everyone, her, not, but not including herself. And what I can tell you with six kids and with a husband who was um, a blue-collar worker who worked for the railroad as a lineman, he was gone typically from Monday morning until Friday night. So my models of how to be resilient were we're not modeled. <laughs> it was, I'm going to do this until I fall over. And that's exactly what my mom did. And it's exactly what my grandmother did. And I, you know, I would say I really come from a long line, a strong woman, women. And I would say, I really come from a strong line of persistent women. <laughs> I want for my daughter, for my granddaughters and for me to learn resilience. It's all right to ask for help. It's all right to say, you know, I definitely need a break. Um, it's all right to say, um, yeah, you can you can iron your own shirt today. I got I got a million of other things to do, because as soon as it's interesting, as soon as that mom leaves the house and goes to work, and my mom worked anywhere between five to six hours a day um, outside the home because she worked about twelve hours a day inside the home. She only had about. Mm, five to six hours of sleep. So she didn't have a whole lot of time that's just going to be for herself. And I, you know, even thinking back, again, thinking that I got to live up to what my mom did. I have to live up to what my grandmother did. I have to live up to that standard and that amount of work so that um, I can just you know, be half of the woman that they were. It's not a competition. And I'm just hoping that in these next few um, podcasts that I um, present is really helping yourself 
helping your your child. Um, and in my case, my son Michael, who's 36. Michael, who has um, uh, autism, he has uh, an intellectual disability, and he has an intractable seizure disorder. I'm going to be talking about really, you know, the ups and downs and the ebbs and flows of all the things that we've gone through over the life, over my life and over my son's life to hopefully be a, a beacon of hope as you, you traverse this, uh, this path we call parenthood. And I can tell you again that my son is 36. It's hard for me to even spit those words out because I'm still 36, but to say, that he's 36 years old, I'm 62, and I'm still learning. I'm still learning. Michael is um, is a lifelong learner, and I want to give him every opportunity for him to grow. This pandemic has added to a layer of, of awareness and has added to a little bit of my panic of, holy, holy cow, what happens? What happens when I die? Uh, is our things going to be pulled together? Um, do, is this plan going to be doable? My daughter, who's a standby guardian, do I want her to work at this level that I am? And I can tell you absolutely, I do not want her to have to work at this level. Do I want this to compromise Michael's life? No, I don't want this to compromise Michael's life. So how do I get these all of this together? Well, that's what I'm hoping hoping that you and I can explore. And along the way, I know this is going to be cathartic for me as well, that there are things that I need to really look at, need to be very planful of, and not think as in persistence, but resilience. What can I do today that's going to better the tomorrow for myself, my daughter, my son, and hopefully a, a, a huge range of people, whether it's in my community or just talking to you now on my podcast. I, I hope that we will come to a lot of discovery and be able to share, you know, some tips and tools that we've done along the way. And, you know, the, the interesting thing is just here recently, although I just named off the, you know, the, the list of my my son's uh, disabilities, he was recently diagnosed with a genetic disorder, which is a mutation, um, which is called SYNGAP1. Currently, there's 650 people in the world that have been diagnosed with this so far. Up until just a couple of months ago, Michael was the oldest one in the world. Um, he's now, I think, the third oldest out of 650 so far. And so that's opened up a whole other world um, of which I had actually run, ran from, and that was new families or families with young children to the young, just revisiting some of that time um, <clears throat> for me has been very difficult. It wasn't easy. And even now when I think about it, I, I want to choke back tears. Um, but Being here at 62 years of age, I've learned a lot. I continue to be open to learning, and I do want to share that, and I don't want to be afraid of exploring that. So, like I said, as we go through this, I hope you will uh, 
indulge me in some of my discovery as I hopefully can provide information to you as well. So that's what I have for you today. Um, it's not much, but I hope you uh, enjoyed this and that I will look forward to talking with you again very soon.